0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: We just want to welcome all our podcast listeners. We love having you listen every week and you're part of our church family today. And if you're here this morning and you're new uh, to Celebration Church, we want to welcome you as well. We actually love new people. We love being an inclusive church. Can I hear an amen? And uh, we are not a clicky church. We are a church that has arms open, that likes to uh, embrace uh, people from all different backgrounds. You don't need to be a Christian to be here today. You might be on a faith journey. You might be on a journey of discovering uh, God. And we just want to be a part of that journey and pray that you encounter him this morning in Jesus' name fantastic. This morning is going to be a bit different. Uh, It's going to be fun, but I want to start with this question. Why is it that you come to church? Why is it that you're here this morning? Why is it that you have taken the time to get out of bed, get ready, drive to 8 Bellevue Street, South Nara, and be a part of this morning? Uh, I'm actually going to ask some of you today. So get your answers ready. Why is it that you come to church? And then I want to speak about why I come to church. And then we're going to speak about a very powerful topic today. And again, today's message is a prophetic message for our church. And it's a foundational message for our church. Um, A few weeks ago, I spoke on rest, being people of rest. And I think that is a really big key for our church. And if you missed that... It's on our podcast. Um, It's funny, I had a few people contact me that following week saying, this week has been the most stressful week of my life. And I thought, God is testing you on what I shared on Sunday because we're called to be stress-free people. And I can't get into that message today, but that was a message that I believe if you apply that to your life, you will see incredible breakthrough. Because you know you're not called to carry stress. Physically, your body will fall apart with prolonged stress. There's no stress in heaven. So why is it that we live stressful lives here? And so if you want keys on how to be stress-free, go back and listen to that podcast. And listen to it until it drops in your spirit, because it can actually really help you. Why is it we come to church this morning? If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 verse 21 mark chapter 5 21 but while you're turning there i'm going to ask some people why is it that if we come to church who should i ask all the introverts go up they're sinking their chairs don't come near me who should i ask let me see uh jade why do you come to church
0: um, I think it's important for me to be here to serve and to volunteer and to give my time so other people can encounter God.
1: Beautiful. Um, yeah, that's one of my reasons too. Um, Mark, why is it you come to church? Um, to be honest, if I don't come, I normally feel guilty. Okay. All right. I think you need to leave. Yeah, yeah, you can get out. All right, who else? Um, Beck, why do you come to church?
0: Um, it's something I've always done, and I always do it.
1: Okay, you can leave too. Uh, Troy, why do you come to church? Because um, I was rostered on this morning. Okay. All right, you get out too. You can leave. <clears throat> Um, Who else should I ask? Who else should I ask? Hey, Libby, why do you come to church?
0: Um, I come because I'm excited and hungry to be a part of what God's doing.
1: Yeah, you can stay. That sounds good to me. Um, Who else? Who else should I get? Nat, why do you come to church? love God. Fantastic. All right, you can stay too. All right, so Mark chapter 5, let's read this. Verse 21 says this, it says, While Jesus was still speaking, some people came to the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Verse 36, overhearing what they had said, Jesus told them, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus "'saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. "'He went in and said to them, "'Why all this commotion and wailing? "'The child is not dead but asleep.' "'But they laughed at him. "'And he put them all out, "'and he took the child's father and mother "'and the disciples who were with him, "'and they were in where the child was, "'and he took her hand and he said, "'Talitha kum, which means little girl, "'I say to you, get up.' "'And immediately the girl stood up "'and began to walk around.' She was 12 years old and at that time they were completely astonished and he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and he told them to give her something to eat. If Jesus walked in today to this church, Celebration Church, I wonder, based on why you were here and based on your expectation, whether he would say to you, you need to leave or you need to stay. Today, I want to speak to you for a few minutes about transferable faith, and I want to speak to you for a few minutes about having a godly expectation. Let's get those guys to come back in. Let's give them a hand. They're part of the illustration. Who thought that was real for a second? Like, oh, the pastor's kicking people out of church. (laughs) Good, because you'll remember it. You see, the point of illustrations is that you remember things. Today's message isn't for people who are not Christians here. It isn't for even new believers necessarily, because you're still on your journey of working out why you come to church. Today's message is for people who have come to church, like myself, for many years. We have to think about this illustration Jesus gives us, where there's Jairus' daughter, and she passes away because Jesus was too slow to come and heal her. If I remember correctly, it was after Lazarus' death, and he stayed back to mourn. And in that time, if he would have just got there on time, maybe he could have saved this little girl, but instead he did what he wanted in his own time. And then he gets to the house, and this amazing thing happens. This family had just lost their daughter. Think about this with me. And instead of going in and comforting them all and saying it's okay, He says to the very family who was there by right, you need to get out of the room. The reason why they had to get out of the room was because if they stayed in the room, they would have blocked the miracle working power of God. They were there crying and wailing, and guess what? What they were doing was culturally correct. You know that in the Jewish culture, there's a season or a, a, a time of mourning, It was actually a cultural rite of passage. There were people who actually went, and their job would be professional mourners. They would show up at funerals to mourn, because that's that's what you did at funerals. And at funerals, there are definitely times to mourn, which which makes this such an incredible story, that Jesus, who is all compassion, all love, all peace, all goodness, the perfect pastor, leader, the perfect everything, walks into a room and he says to the grieving family, get out. Think about this with me. How politically incorrect was Jesus? Let's look at some more illustrations. Let's turn to... Ooh. Let's turn to Let's turn to Luke chapter five. Thanks, Dave. I'm just going to just mess around the notes a bit. Luke chapter five, verse 17. It says, "On one of the days while Jesus was teaching, some proud religious lawmakers and teachers of the law were sitting by him, and they had come from every town in the countries of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem." The power of the law was there to heal. Some men took a man who was not able to move his body to Jesus, and he was carried on a bed. They took, the, sorry, they looked for a way for the man to enter the house where Jesus was. And verse 19 says, "But they could not find a way to take him in because of so, so many people. They made a hole in the roof where the, where Jesus stood. They let the bed down with the sick man on it to lay before Jesus." Notice this in verse 20. And when Jesus saw whose faith? Their faith. He said to the man, friend, your sins are forgiven. We have to understand something this morning. This is a game changer for our church. Do you know that when we come together corporately, that our faith or our familiarity can be the very thing that causes heaven to touch earth in someone else's life or it can block the very move of God. You see, it's not our right to come to church. It's what I've always done. I'm here because I'm rostered on. I'm here because I feel guilty. I'm here because my my, my wife tells me if I don't come to church, I'm going to be in trouble. Whatever it might be, these things are actually things that can stop God moving in the person across the room. But the flip side of it is this. When these men brought this crippled man to Jesus and there was no room so he made a hole in the roof and again, think about this building if it was so packed that you had to literally, bits of plaster have fallen on Troy's head because someone is making a hole in the roof. By the way, a big hole in the roof because he knew that if I could get my friend to Jesus a miracle could take place then what that means for me and you is so exciting. Jesus saw their faith, and because of their faith, a miracle broke out in the room. I put it to you today, that what if it is, what if it, what if it is this simple, that your faith might set the person across the room free? What is it? What, 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 think about this with me. Imagine if it was your expectation, your hunger, that set a person across the room healed, free, saved, delivered. It wasn't the preacher. It was the person who was sitting in the crowd who said, I have the expectation that God can do a miracle in this place. This is Celebration Church. Because listen, we don't know what the person next to us is going through. We don't know what their miracle is that they need. We look at our happy faces and we expect that that's all good and we look at the outside, but internally they could be dying. What happens if your faith was the faith that unlocked the miracle in the person next to you and flip it around? What happens if it was your unbelief that blocked the miracle in the person across the room. Please take the attention off what I'm saying now and put it onto what we just read. Jesus told them, get out. We want to be a church that's inclusive. And again, if you're new here, be inclusive. But please understand something. When you start walking with God, we come to church because we want to encounter God. (laughs) Why do I come to church? Here's some reasons why our senior pastor comes to church. And it's not because I get paid, because I could care less about that. This is why. Number one, to encounter God. Psalm 100, verse 4 Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his holy name. When I come to church, I am not first coming to see you or to see somebody else. I'm here to see him. Can you? But but can't you do that in your own time? Yeah but there's something special about corporate anointings. You know that? There's something special about Chloe coming today to church and me coming to encounter God, and we agree, and something breaks out. This is why, firstly, I come to church. The second reason is this. I come to help others encounter God through serving them. Mark 10, verse 44, whoever would be first among you must be the slave of all, servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, came to serve, then guess what? I come to serve. We have to just change our mindsets. It isn't the pastor does everything. No, no, no. Chuck the one out. That's not our church. Not going to fit. Not going to work. Not the church for you. If you actually hold on to that, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Like the Disney character. (laughs) My job is to equip you. My job is to equip you to serve the body of Christ. That's what I do. Because through that, if someone else encounters Christ, then it's been a successful day. Therefore, I come to serve. The third thing is this. I come to church to help others encounter God through community. It says in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. I'm going to use Club again. She's in the front row writing notes vigorously. Very encouraging to a preacher. When I'm sitting here and we're in agreement that we're here to build God encounters through community, something takes place. Where two or more agree, there he is. Why is it that connect groups are important? It creates community. Why is it that we have fellowship after service? And our cafe teams does such an amazing job because we're creating God encounters over the coffee table. The fourth reason, which isn't up on the screen, is I come to church because the Bible tells me so. The Bible says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So I make sure that I come to church because the Bible tells me so. And there is blessing in obedience. Why did you come this morning? Why are you here? Are you here because you want to encounter God? Are you here because you had an expectation for miracles to break out? Or are you here because culturally it's what we do in Australia? Are you here because your family done it growing up? Are you here because it's just a thing that you do because you just want to do it? Those things are fine and they're good, but reality is this. We should be a church that hungers for the presence of God. Can I hear an amen? Listen, don't turn up to church 15 minutes late when worship's on, because worship, if you're here to encounter God, is the... It's a it's a cream on the cake. <laughs> Listen, honestly, as somebody who used to be, I used to as personally, I used to and you, people who know me now wouldn't think this. I used to be in the drum drums in church and the bongos and all those things. <laughs> but I used to be late when I was a teenager every single Sunday morning for practice. And I walk in and the band will be waiting already, is ready and I'll come in going, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." up on there and I held everything up and then God just really convicted me why is my time more important than this yeah Yeah. so now it's an easy fix for me who's always late I just go well church starts at 9.30 Mm -hmm. it gives me half an hour of lateness then (laughs) I put my clocks forward five minutes so I make appointments on time hey there's a little just insight if you're someone who's late everywhere because some people are like that. They just love it. Well, they don't love it. They just do it. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, get this, write it down. Faith and doubt both have the power to open and close heaven on earth. <laughs> Remember the story of Jesus and he's doing miracles in his hometown? And he's just seeing heaven touch earth. And then someone who grew up with went, wait, we know Jesus. We know, that's the kid that was from our school. That's the kid that is a carpenter. That's Joseph's son. And it says something so extraordinary and so ludicrous because we're talking about the King of Kings. It says that Jesus could not do many miracles. Yeah. The people's expectation, and please let this drop in your spirit. This is so exciting. The people's expectation... It could have opened that door. Instead, it shut the door. Why? Because they had no expectation. This morning, I want this to be something the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart about because there's no condemnation. This is actually a very freeing message if you let it sink into your heart. When you walk through those doors, did you come in going, I have an expectation for miracles? Or did you have an expectation of, I'm just going to do what I always do? I'm going to sit in the service. I'm going to sit in my seat. I'm going to have a cup of tea afterwards. If, if the preacher says something I like, I'm going to listen. If not, I'm going to be offended. I'm just going to do what I do. No, no, no. Wait a second. Hold up. Beep, beep, beep. Take a step back. Because of this. This is so exciting. It doesn't matter where you sit in the room. If you have expectation in your heart for miracles then there's a high chance God's going to use your expectation to set someone else free. Did you know that faith is transferable? Did you know that the faith that you have is contagious for somebody else? Oh, come on. What a church. Worship team, let me speak to you for a second, and as an honorary member of seven years, I can speak to you. When you're leading us in worship, forget the gloomy faces, which some of us have, Forget that. Lead us to Him. Point us to Him. I can care less whether you look at the crowd or not. Close your eyes, lift your voice, and encounter Jesus. Because I will follow. And if I will follow, that's all you need. If the senior pastor's happy, it's all good. Lead me to his presence. I don't want to have a song service. I've been on to enough concerts in my life. They're all good and I can enjoy them. But in Sunday morning church, I want heaven to invade earth. I want Celebration Church to be a church where miracles in worship are breaking out because I am pressing into God. I am passionate about God. I want to know him more. If I could just touch the edge of his robe, a miracle could happen. If I could just lower the person through the roof, maybe my faith might help them. If I could just drag that person to church, kicking and screaming, maybe my faith will set them free. I don't know if you notice, I'm preaching myself happy this morning. But you know why? Because I know this is truth. And I've been in church my whole life, and I've seen people come and go, and I've seen huge opinions and... All the rest. And I'll tell you one thing, those who are hungry will be filled. Those who seek him will find him. Those who knock on the door, the door will be opened. A church that is hungry for God's presence, that is hungry for his anointing, that is seeking his face, not just his hand. A church that knows how to be passionate in worship, who knows how to have hearts of expectation, who don't rely on their Sunday service for their quiet time, that before church have time in worship, they come to church because they want to give someone else a drink of water. That is the church. And whether I speak to 200 here or I speak to 2,000, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is this, I'll preach exactly the same. Because I am preaching the truth. There are too many churches that exist for happy, clappy Christians who sit there and just, as long as I'm happy and fed and get fatter and fatter and fatter and and they can't even walk through the doors because they're so fat. And it's like, go out there and serve. I can't, I'm out of breath because I'm so spiritually fat. (laughs) I tell you what, and and, and let's just put on on the, the robe of compassion. The man who was crippled who would have begged his whole life, had friends who, were so, who loved him enough to say, I'm going to cause a bit, little bit of anarchy for a second. I'm going to do a little bit of out-of-the-box thinking. Oh, look, the place is packed. And the other people weren't compassionate enough to make room for the cripple. Therefore, they said, we're going to make room for him. And they destroyed someone's house For the sake of that man, and often we focus on that, but think about the man. Think about the fact that in that moment he went from being a beggar on the street to being a full-fledged member of society who now loves Jesus, who can now raise his family, who can now do incredible things because someone else's faith was contagious. (laughs) Oh, imagine you get to heaven, and this is going to happen to a bunch of you, and I'm just so excited for this. And oh, hello. And people will say to you. People will say to you. They'll come up to you. And they'll say, I didn't realize it, but you were sitting in the service I was sitting in. And God showed me when I got to heaven that you had expectation for a miracle that day. And God used that to touch my heart. It's going to happen, church. This is the power of faith and expectation. Is this okay this morning? A bit challenging, hey, because I've been, the thing is this, because I, I, this is, that, that skit at the start of saying, get out, I thought, I wonder who's going to walk out with them. And then I thought, well, if they get offended that easy, they probably should walk out anyway. <laughs> going to walk out at some point. But then I thought to myself, you know what, I have been that person. As a pastor, I've had Sundays where I'm like, oh, church today Come on, let's be honest. How many people have had those moments? It's been a tough week. Things are going on. And it's like you've lost the expectation. But that's when we just got to say in our hearts, wait a second. No, God, I'm here for you. I'm here because there's going to be crippled people here. There's going to be people spiritually lame. There's going to be people who don't know you. Therefore, I will turn up with an open heart. So faith and death both have the power to open and close heaven on earth like I talked about in Matthew thirteen, fifty eight, that's what I was the story I was talking about. It says about Jesus. And they took offense at him, but Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, in his own household, is a prophet without honour. And it says he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Oh I just pray, God, please help me and help whoever else here with this. How many times have I stopped you doing miracles in a place because of my unbelief? How many times in church have I held you back because of my atmosphere? Oh, but God's bigger than you, Benaiah. Well, according to Scripture, he's very sensitive to things like unbelief and expectation. According to Scripture, he won't force himself into situations. Often, he will wait to see what the atmosphere is. But here's the exciting thing about this. (laughs) Actually, let me stick to my notes because I'm... The AV guys do such a great job. So here's a question: If Jesus physically walked into our church today, would he ask you to stay or leave according to your faith and expectation? Only you can answer that. Why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you feel like, oh man, Oop. oh, no, this is this is at me right now, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your kindness. Just on that point if you're ever in church life have you ever felt like oh that's challenging to me if that's the case the bible says this is so cool it says that the father disciplines those he loves you know it's a very dangerous place to be in a church that never challenges you it's very dangerous either you're not hearing the holy spirit anymore and you've walked away in terms of you step back from him or your pastor is not courageous enough to tell you things that you might not like now i love you enough to tell you things you might not like because i Believe in your future. So when it comes to stuff like that, if Jesus walked through those doors, just like I did at the start there and went, you, get out. Imagine, imagine how offended you would be if he said, you know what? You know what, Pastor Joel? I think you need to get out. Yeah? Even, that, even the response to him, like, imagine that. Jesus did that. And he did it to a grieving family because this is why he did it, not because he wasn't loving, but because he understood that the joy that was awaiting that family was more important than the moment of uncomfortableness. In this place today, would Jesus say, hey, you sit, you stay, there's miracles happening. Or would he say, hey, you need to get out of this. Just if you have not yourself, just go in the courtyard for a few minutes, come back in afterwards when the party's happening. But you just need to, you see, this is what we have to look at as a church family. Again, I'm not speaking to new Christians. I'm not speaking to people who aren't Christians yet. There's so much grace for you, you're on your own journey. I'm speaking to people who have been in God's house for a long season. Our faith makes a way for others. One, you turn to your neighbour and say, "Our faith makes a way for others." Now, now turn to your other neighbour. Turn to your other neighbour and say, and point to yourself and say, "My faith makes a way for you." <laughs> what an incredible thought! What an incredible thought! And this, is, this will change the way you walk and talk. This will change the way you come to church. When you walk in those doors and say, hey, I'm full of faith. Who needs a miracle? <laughs> Step right up. I'm full of faith. Hey, if you sit around me, you're not just going to get that, you know, my perfume or my BO, depending on how good I'm having a day. You're not just going to get that. You're actually going to contact, uh, uh, what's the word, um, 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 um. Catch, (laughs) you thought it was going to be some big word, didn't you? Catch your contagious faith. Now, I want the host team to apply this right now because when you're there going, hey, I'm full of faith to serve, miracles start breaking out through hosting. When the cafe team starts going, hey, when I serve you that chico roll, guess what? There's so much faith sprinkling on this. Hey, put it into your body, there's miracles happening right now. And the kids team is there, helping the kids, ministering to the kids. If they have hearts of faith, they start seeing breaking out faith, things happening. But if you flip it, we always have to look at the other side of it. The host team turns up, oh, I'm on the roster again. Oh, I'm on. One service is so much. <sighs> Wait till we have a church of thousands and five services, then complain. Actually, don't complain then either. But anyway, and they're going, hey... I don't want really to be here. Oh, Tom's on my case again about my clothes. <laughs> I meant to wear black, but I'm not. Oh, man. And then every time someone walks through the door and you say good day to them, you're just like, just, hey, take some doubt. Take some doubt. Take some familiarity. Just take it. Cafe team, hey, did you go roll? Hey, do you want a, do you want a condiment of doubt on that? Here you go. <laughs> and we don't speak like this, but spiritually we're spreading that. ho! You see, imagine if me, as the person preaching today, was going, oh, imagine if I preached out to you. What a, what a crazy thought. You can't see Miracles Church. Jesus he isn't the way. You can't. Just give up now. Imagine if I said that. Well, guess what? You know that I would never say that, but imagine in my spirit if I carried that. You see, we're called to actually get our hearts and souls aligned to heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. You see, faith is a godly expectation of the seemingly impossible. Faith is a godly expectation of the seemingly impossible. Someone asked me this week, they said, They said, "Benai, why do you do your quiet time with God? Another question to ask yourself, like, why do you spend time with God? And hopefully you all spend time with God in your own own time. And my answer was, I said, oh, well, there's a bunch of reasons, but let me start with this. I feel like if I don't spend time with God, I start to sink. (laughs) I actually feel like he is my source. And if I don't spend time walking with him, guess what happens? I start to lose the plot a bit." But you know why that's the case? It's because I live a life that is so dependent on him that if I don't have... You see, God isn't an option to me. He's not an optional extra when you're buying a car. Like, he's not that type of thing. Like, make a decision for Jesus, or oh, spending time with God's an optional extra. No, no, no. If I don't have that moment with him, I literally feel my soul falling apart. But that's because I'm living a life of relying on him. Why do you spend time with God today? People who don't spend time with God are often people who live lives for themselves. They live lives not stepping out of the boat, but living inside the confinement of their own ability. Faith is a godly expectation of the seemingly impossible. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Who here wants to get to heaven and... Jesus say about you or angels come up to you or people come up to you and they say, you are the ones who are commended for their faith. Do you know that in heaven we talked about what you were doing on the earth? See, we think about Moses and we think about Abraham and we think about the fathers of faith, but the reality is we have the Holy Spirit today in a way that they didn't have. And the power of that is this, is that guess who the new... Moses's are. Guess who the new Abrahams are? Guess who the new Davids are? Well, they're the Alan Sterlings. They're the Mark Maharabs. They're the Greg and Helen Clarks. You see, we're called to walk in such victory and such faith. Think about faith, though. Again, it's so, in, it's so against natural reasoning. It's, it's an assurance of what you hope for, and it's a belief and a confidence in what in what you don't yet see. What are you believing God for today that you can't yet see? Ooh. What is it today that only God can do, and if he doesn't do it, you are completely and utterly going to fall apart? You see, when I preach to you, church, you want to understand I love our church family, but I see the people through you. I speak through faith to the thousands who need to hear this message. Why? Because there is a faith seed in my heart. I love this, though. It's not the amount of faith, but rather the size of faith that matters. A mustard seed can move mountains. Whoa, come on, come on, come on. So you come in and you're like, oh, my husband and I last week spoke about having a godly expectation. This Sunday morning as a family on the way driving in, hey, what are we expecting God to do today? Speaking to your husband or wife, what are you expecting God to do today? If you're driving by yourself, speaking to the Holy Spirit, what Holy Spirit am I expecting you to do today? Then we have this godly expectation about what he's going to do. But we have to understand that you don't need to be so full of faith. You just need a tiny bit. How crazy is this? What does that mean? Well, you know that faith, in essence, is simply believing God. Yes. It's believing his word. You just have to say yes, yes. to step out in faith. Yes. You don't need to conjure up five hours of praying and screaming and walking and pacing. and All those things are fine. Yes. Yes. smith Wigglesworth said it. He said he can achieve in one minute, and one moment, what he can do all night screaming at God in prayer if he simply believes God. <laughs> God, save my school. God says, just believe me for it. God, save my family. Come on, please. I'm on my knees crying out. God says, believe me for it. God, raise up revival in our church. God says, believe me for it. It says in the Bible, they said, God, disciples of Jesus, oh, the, the harvest, look at it. It's four more months to harvest. And Jesus says, believe me for it. He says, today's the day of harvest change your prayer. Ask for workers instead. You see, faith isn't shown in an overflow of faith, but rather in a knowing in what God can do. It's a confidence of what we hope for. It's the assurance of what we do not see. In Matthew 17, 20, it says this. It says, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be done. And then it says, This church, nothing will be impossible for you. Yes. A godly expectation. What happens if God has placed in your hand the ability to see revival? Please get this. And I'm going to undo a bunch of teaching for years and years, not from this church or from other churches that growing up I had, which was pray, 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 pray for revival, pray for revival, pray for revival. Now, I'm a man of prayer. I believe in prayer. But I believe that revival is already placed in me. I don't go, God, send down. I say, God, let it flow. From the innermost being, there will be what? Rivers of living water. Maybe it's more about my unbelief that's blocking the move of God. Maybe it's more about the fact that I have unforgiveness in my heart that's stopping the move of God through me, or the fact that I'm familiar with the church, or people, or God. Or maybe it's about the fact that, you know, I haven't spent time worshipping God with all my heart, and my life has become about me, and about my needs, and my insecurities. And I forget that the essence of Christianity is one thing, to lay down my life and take up my cross. We've got all these people giving advice about how it's all about you. It's not all about me. It's all about laying down my life for him. And the one posture I should walk in is arms high and heart abandoned. Arms high and heart abandoned. I come to the house of God with arms high and heart abandoned. Knowing that I've been set free and he who sets free is free indeed. Knowing that when I come together with my brothers and sisters, that I'm gonna see people get miracles and touches from God. I might not be preaching, but guess what? If I have the expectation, my seed of faith is transferable. Is this okay? See how this is a game changer for our church? You see, it was their faith that made him well. It wasn't a man in the cripple position. It was the others who brought him in. It was their faith. Jesus' words himself. It was your faith that made him well. Our faith can cause miracles for others. Your faith, church, can cause a miracle for someone across the room. Holy Spirit, let that drop in our hearts, please. Please, please, please let it drop. My life, and as a church, our life is about refreshing others. And in that, the Bible says, I'll be refreshed. Your doubt can be a blockage to the miracles in your neighbor's life. But your expectation can be the key that opens the door for miracles in your neighbor's life. Your doubt can be a blockage, church, to the miracle of someone across the room in this place. But on the flip side, your expectation can be the very key they needed for open heavens to open up in their life. We must never underestimate the power of expectation. Never underestimate the power of having an expectant heart. Jesus, throughout the Gospels, and please, this isn't my opinion on this. This is scripture. Time and time again, it says that people would come to him and he would be amazed at their faith. It says that people, when there was crowds, the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years of suffering reached through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. And it says that he stopped and said, Who touched me? And the miracle took place. Do yeah. you notice though that he is getting touched by a lot of people? But it was the one that he noticed because she had an expectations. Maybe you need that in your life today. Feeding the 5,000, what happened? Jesus is there, and the boy who believed him said, I've got some lunch for my lunchbox. I got some fish and chips from home. The fish is a bit cold, Jesus. It's a bit like sushi, I guess, but here you go. The disciples are there going, oh, we, how much money have we got, and we need to get a year's wages to feed all these people. And oh, my goodness, stress, stress, stress. Simple childlike faith. Jesus, I believe. I believe if you take what I've got, it might not be much. It might not be enough physically to feed 5,000 people. But if you take it in your hands, Jesus, I know it's enough. Oh, let that drop in your spirit, guys. You don't need to have it all together. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to have all the answers. If you just simply believe. Another example, and I'm just going to share this because I want, I just, oh, Holy Spirit. The centurion, such a great story. It wasn't his child or servant that had the faith for healing. Whose faith was it that Jesus responded to, church? It was the centurion's. Do you remember that story? And he says to the centurion, oh, I'll be there soon. And the centurion says, Jesus, I know what it's like to be a man of authority. I tell people to come and go as soldiers to come and go. If you just give the word, Jesus, I know that my home will be healed. And Jesus is just like, what? amazed, because he had faith for another. How many centurions are here this morning? How many centurions are here this morning? Let's be a church full of centurion soldiers who say, I'm going to have faith for somebody else. When I come to church, I'm going to be expectant. And that's up here leading worship. And it's like, this place is different because you've got your hands up and your eyes closed and you're saying, God, move. Even if I don't need a miracle, someone else might. And there's a high chance they do. We, uh, we went and saw Bethel Church a few years ago, and we're going to head back later on in the year, Charlie and myself. We feel like God's told us to go back and just, just receive, and we just, we just, you go in that place. And the moment the first chord is strum on the guitar, every hand is lifted. They don't care what's happening in this on the stage. They don't care what's happening across the room. It's me and my God. And miracles start breaking out because people are being set free, because people are worshipping him in spirit and in truth and where the spirit of the Lord is, church, what is it? There's freedom. Ah, oh, celebration, church. Let's be worshippers in spirit and in truth. We don't just sing songs. We don't just... Sit there. We have people who know that when we lift our voice, as Paul and Silas were beaten up in prison, they lifted their voice. And what happened, church? Chains were broken, miracles took place. It says that the God was saved and his family was saved and baptized because two people in the church said, I'm just going to lift my voice in the midst of my troubles. Woohoo. Ah, this is good. This is a prophetic statement from celebration. And this church is our new normal. What if the miracle, and I'm finishing, but what if the miracle for the person next to you was actually placed in you? What if the miracle for the person next to you was actually placed inside you? Why don't you turn and look at your neighbor? What if their miracle was actually placed inside you? And what if the key to seeing that miracle take place was that you would simply have an expectation that God would move in this place? On the flip side, what if their miracle was being blocked by you? Ooh, ouch. Ouch. Because I'm telling you, I think there are times where we do that. Don't, I'm speaking to Christians here who have been saved for many years. Please don't walk through those doors unless your heart is expectant. It's an easy fix. If you get here and you're like, oh man, I'm not expected, uh, go to the bathroom, close the cubicle, sit there, and go, God, I'm going to get expectant. <laughs> If the cubicles are all full next Sunday morning before church, because everyone's doing that, go for a walk around the property and, or sit in your car. and Because you know what? I've had to do that. As a preacher of the gospel, I've had to do that. I know what it's like to have discouragements through the week and distractions through the week. And it's funny because I've found in life that sometimes the greatest miracle is often attached to a great distraction. Have you noticed that? Some of the greatest services that have impacted your life were the very service that you weren't going to come to. The kids got sick. People, things happen at home. Whatever it is. No judgment. Whatever it is. We miss out. <laughs> By the way, if your kids are sick, definitely stay home and look after them. No judgment there. I'll bring them here and we'll pray for them. God will often meet us at our expectations. God will often meet us at our level of expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just take that a little bit deeper, if you would. Um, I believe that God does meet us at our expectations. Actually, think about that with me. God does meet us as a church at our expectations. When we are hungry for miracles, if you get like a healing revival, uh, sorry, like a preacher in here, okay, who specializes in that, I guarantee you your faith will rise for healing and I guarantee we'll see more miracles for healing in that service than we have all year. Why, though? Not because he has more Holy Spirit than me or even more of a grace for that than me. Because there's healers in this room. It's because there is an expectation. And God responds to expectation. It's throughout the whole Bible. So let's be a church that understands the power of our expectation. Let's be a church that expects revival that Jesus will do miracles and that we will often see miracles in this place whether we're preaching or not because listen, you're a minister of the gospel. It's not the pastor at the front alone, it's everybody. In conclusion, the hungrier we are for God, the more filled we will be by God. James chapter 4, draw near to God, and what does it say? I will draw near to you. That is one of those really awesome things that the closer you press in, guess what? The closer he presses in. There's no cap on that one. The cap is death. The cap is, the glory is so great, take me with you. Enoch style. Up till then, I mean, I've had encounters with God, but I've had God move so powerful that I thought I was going to die. Has anyone ever had that? The Holy Spirit fills the like the glory of God is so... Powerful that I'm like, you've got to ease off, God. I don't know if I can, my body can take much more of this. You see, God loves to meet us, He loves to pour out His Holy Spirit upon us. It isn't a chore for him to pour out his spirit in this place. It isn't a chore for him to fill this place with miracles and angels and breakthrough and salvation. On the opposite, it's actually his joy and his delight to meet people. And the Bible says this, last scripture, he says, I search the earth to see if I will find faith. My eyes scour the earth. Will I find faith on the earth? Oh, God, that celebration church be a church where, as you scour over the area, you go, Oh, hello. Oh, there's a girl called Jade. Look at the faith. She's just believing me for a miracle. And oh, she's had a tough week, and things have gone wrong, and she's had tragedies, but she's still here going, God, I'm believing. And he's, that's all it takes. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. And you think it's someone down the front praying for you. Really, it's a person, you know, mid-service, mid right to the crowd going, I just believe God. That is the power of the community of God. Thank you, Jesus. Has this been challenging this morning? If Jesus walked in as a church, would he say, come on, everyone out. (laughs) Everybody get out. Like, Oh, no. Time to go to the cubicle. Or will he say, hey, whoa, I'm ready. Come on, you can all stay. Watch this. Boom. Healing breakthrough, power of God, revival touches earth. I just I believe there's a grace of God in this house. I believe there's a grace on our church and it's so unique and so precious but I think we get used to it because that's all we know a lot of us we don't understand how blessed we are I just spent a week or three days away with a bunch of pastors on a cruise ship I know I used to share a room with three other stinky guys talk about wow no they were good good guys and I went away and I spent literally three days and we talked God and church for three days that's why I went to connect with guys from all around the nation seeing God do incredible things. And I'd done it intentionally because I want to make sure that as a church we're not just getting stuck in our bubble. I took annual leave to do it. It cost me, but I thought, no, nah, i have got to sow into this. And I just, I just came home thinking, we are blessed. There was one, one incredible guy there and he's talking about how many new kids I've had at youth this past year. And I'm thinking, we've had that many in youth this term. And everyone's like, wow, that's so amazing. I'm thinking, our youth team do that all the time. You see, we are so blessed. You are blessed. And this morning, I pray we get a revelation of what God is taking us into. We are a nation impacting church. We are a cup of refreshing for people. We are people who are passionate about loving new people, about pastors who have been beaten up coming in here and we say, have a drink of water. That is what we do, hey. That's what we're good at. That's our lane. Why don't we all stand to our feet as we finish. I'm going to ask my wife to come up here. You know, this morning why don't you close your eyes as we finish i'm going to ask the holy spirit just to seal in our hearts this revelation of expectation thank you holy spirit father god i thank you that it's not by might or power but your word says it's by your spirit that we see you do incredible things and I thank you for this amazing church family and I thank you Lord that you are calling us to a new level in you a new level of expectation a new level of intimacy a new level of knowing you God and we thank you Lord that we can have faith for those across the room and today Lord we say that we want to be people who have faith for those across our city for those in Bombardier right now in Sanctuary Point in East Nara all across our region, people who are in really difficult situations, may we have the faith for their miracle. Let that revelation just drop into our spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let it drop right now. Let any doubt or familiarity, let it just fade. Let it go. Let it go. Let it just melt away and let expectation and let hunger rise up. I pray in Jesus' powerful name. And if you're just, as you have your eyes closed, if you're here and you know that your heart isn't close to Jesus, and you know that your heart, when I talk about walking with him, you know that you're not spending time walking with him. And in this moment, you want to say, Benaiah, I want to get my heart right with him, right with God. I want him to come back. (laughs) Oh, for the first time, give my heart to Christ. As everyone has their eyes closed, I just want you to put your hand up where you are and say, that's me. I want to get my heart right with God. Don't be embarrassed. Awesome, I see that hand. Awesome, guys, down here, I see that hand. Put them up really high. Stretch up as you're doing a Pilates stretch. Anybody else, this moment is powerful for you. You just want to make sure your heart is right with God or you want to come to him for the first time. I'm going to pray a prayer of dedication to God. And I pray, as I pray, if you put your hand up or even in your heart, if you didn't, but you know it's for you, pray this prayer. We're going to join with you. But let's pray, pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And this morning, I declare, Lord Jesus, that you are my Lord and Saviour, I declare and I believe that you are the King of kings. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my familiarity. And let expectation rise up. And Holy Spirit, I give you permission to overwhelm me every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you put your hand up, I just encourage you. We have a hello desk down the back. We would love to give you a Bible and just help you in your walk. You don't walk alone. Our church, we have this motto. I just made it up. Ne- I didn't make it up. It already exists. Never walk alone. That's what we never let. We walk with each other. We are a family, and it's a joy to walk with each other. Who's blessed this morning? Hey, oh yeah, yeah.
0: Um, hi, Church. I just feel like um, with that incredible word that we should. Action um, that transferable faith. So we'll we'll um, pray for us as a church. We'll send us out. We'll do our commission. But if you're in the place and you need a miracle, it might be healing. It might be breakthrough with finances. It might be salvation of family members. But if you're in this place and you feel like you need a miracle and you're in that place, I'm actually going to open up the altar for you to come down. And then if there's people in this place that have faith, let's transfer that. Let's actually be actionable with what we're hearing and put it into practice. So firstly, if you feel like you need a miracle, come down. And then if you're here today and you feel like, yes, I've got that faith to believe God for miracles, why don't you come down and stand with the people down the front that need a miracle and we'll pray and we'll actually see some supernatural encounters. Is that all right? Awesome.
1: Why don't you take the hand of your husband or wife or put your hand on the shoulder of someone next to you. We're going to pray for you. Today, in Jesus' name, we love to send our church out. If you're new here, we just love to send you out with blessing this morning. So, why don't we close our eyes? Father God, I thank you for our incredible church family. God, we thank you for your grace that rests upon this house. I thank you that we can be a community. I thank you that we can have expectation for each other and what you're going to do. And today, Holy Spirit, I just send out our church in the power of the Holy Spirit. I send them out in the mighty name of Jesus to be the hands and to be the feet of Jesus in our community. I pray, Lord, for supernatural breakout. God, for miracles, for provision. God, send your spirit upon our city. In Jesus' powerful name, let your blessing be upon us. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen, guys. Have a blessed service, blessed day. In Jesus' name.
0: We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.